the best story I ever heard about persuasion was how back during World War II, a rabbi was able to persuade the Japanese government to protect his community, even though Japan was not only aligned with Nazi Germany, but was being pressured to out any Jews in the country so the Nazis could eradicate them. It was pretty brilliant. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're turning our focus on influence and more specifically, the five styles of influence. Today, I have my colleague, Jamie Arroyo, joining me to discuss influence and the five styles. Jamie, thanks for having this conversation with me today. Thank you, Sarah. I'm super excited to talk influence with you. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so first off, can you just explain a little bit of what you do and why influence is so important to your work? Yeah. Um, so I'm the managing partner at Work Wisdom, um, and I'm also a Lancaster City Councilor, um, mm. which first I first started my term this past January. So such a great time right now to to start a position in local government. Um, mm. But really, you know, influence for me is super fascinating because I kind of have a foot in both worlds of business and local government, um, which in both areas, you know, you need influence. One, from a business perspective to not only influence your colleagues, but also influence various stakeholders. And in local government, it's the same way. When you have your ideas, you want to influence folks to, to come along with you as you try to make change in your community. You almost you almost said it in your explanation right there, but you know, to me, influence is really how I impact others and their you know their beliefs, their mindsets, their behaviors. What does influence mean to you, more specifically? Yeah, I think influence is getting the buy-in of others. So when I influence other people. Um, I want to make sure that they're coming along with me on this ride, whatever that ride is. So, uh, you know, one of the biggest opportunities to influence others uh, was during my campaign for Lancaster City Council, where I had to share ideas, I had to share, um, you know, my background, I had to influence others to vote for me. Um, And in order to do that, I had to get their buy-in, I had to get them to really believe in who I was as a person. Um, So having that impact on them personally to them wanting to come along with me uh, for that ride. Uh, I feel like that's, that's where influence was very, very needed. Yeah, so important. So I mentioned in the introduction, we we're going to talk about the five styles of influence. And, um, you know, at Work Wisdom, we do offer a self-awareness leadership series, and it includes this assessment that helps gauge your influence style preferences, which you're kind of alluding to as you talk about what it was like campaigning. Um, The first type is called rationalizing. And so this is where you use logic and reasoning to convince other people of your point of view. Um, Can you can you give me an example of this that you see 
or maybe how you use it? Yeah, so I had the opportunity to uh, take this assessment as we're both certified uh, coaches in, in this uh, area. So when I took this assessment, rationalizing was actually one of my lower end or lower usage um, pieces. Um, however, I'm starting to find myself using it a little bit more and more. Um, so rationalizing is when you use logic or uh, more of an analysis when you're trying to influence others. Uh, so you can think of you know, certain positions such as CFOs or chief operating officers uh, that have to use finance or data to really uh, help influence their team in strategic decision making. Um, so they're, they're coming from it, you know, they're rationalizing the decisions that they make using logic and practicality. Um, so for me, you know, I've haven't too much been in a position to, to necessarily use rationalizing all the time. However, now, as managing partner, there's a lot of, uh, you know, decisions that need to be made using, you know, where our finances are, where data do we have to back that up? Where are we going in the future? Different things like that. Um, but then also in city council, it's like, okay, what, what's the data saying? You know, what do people, uh, you know, what, what does the, what do the citizens want? So using that rationalizing helps with decision making in that sense. Yeah, so we're recording this during this quarantine period, and I was thinking that some of the persuasive messages that we're hearing about how to behave and, and practicing uh, social distancing and things like that are backed up by rationalizing, right? <laughs> like, here's the data, here's the scientific um, explanation for why we need to behave the way um, we're being asked to behave. and it seems, you know, at least for some of us to be working pretty well, you know, we need that sort of logic, not just, um, not just tapping into, you know, other types of like fear appeals or, or things like that, but, but we need to know um, the really good reasons <laughs> for why we have to uh, behave this way right now. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, when I took the assessment, same thing. I, I scored really low on this, um, but I like what you're saying about paying attention to when it's necessary, when as leaders we're being asked to use it and maybe tap into it a little bit more. Absolutely. And you brought up a good example as far as what we're going now with uh, this pandemic. Um, you know, rationalization was really needed in order to convince people that, you know, you should stay at home, right? Here's the data. Here's what's happening. Um, this is the number of people being uh, that are sick. These are the, this is the number of people dying. Like to have those numbers really backed up the uh, reasoning as to, you know what, I should stay six feet apart. I should start wearing a mask when I'm out in public and I should probably probably stay home. So uh, that was very much needed during, during a time like this. Yeah. So that's the first type. The second type is called asserting. And in this style, leaders assert ideas and challenge others. Uh, when I took this, when I took the assessment, so not only was I low in rationalizing, I was really low on this one. So I'm just curious about you. Uh, how how did you scale or rate on on asserting? And also the second question: When would this be helpful? Do you think? 
Yeah, so this was super fascinating to me because as you mentioned in our self-awareness series, uh, I also took the emotional intelligence uh, assessment as well as the TKI, the Thomas Kilman instrument. And in both of those, I rank very high in assertiveness. However, in the influence style indicator, I'm very, very low. It was actually my lowest usage uh, one when it came to um, influence. And I think what where that comes from is I'm very aware that I'm assertive. However, I don't like using that tool to convince people to do something or to persuade someone. Um, so kind of where I see it is, you know, I see, uh, you know, influence as being, at least for me, I, I come from it from how do we win? How is there a win-win situation? Yeah. Um, so you're, you know, as far as when I use a, a cert, um, assertiveness <laughs> or asserting myself in, into something. I feel like it's when it's a, when I feel very strongly about something, um, it might be an issue of, uh, you know, no coming back from this. Uh, so it's like, Hey, we really need to move in this direction or else this is going to do serious damage. Um, or it's an issue of fairness, uh, for right. someone like myself, I, you know, I am very assertive when I feel that something is unfair. Uh, so I really drive, uh, assertiveness during that, during that time to, uh, to help influence or persuade someone. Yeah. So, um, as far as it being, those are times where you feel like it's important to use it, but can you, when is it helpful? Like, when do you think it's helpful to, to challenge um, just in general? Would you encourage people to tap into this one? Yeah, I think when it's an issue of ethics, um, um, I think that's probably a, a good time to be very <laughs> assertive. Um, so especially for, you know, folks that aren't normally assertive, a lot of times when something that's being done illegally or um, unethical and you want to, you know, persuade folks to, to take action, um, being assertive uh, can show strength and, and really move things forward. So that's something that, that stands out for me. Um, how about you? Is there anything that you have in mind as far as when is a good time to, to be assertive? For influence, I, I'm, I think that, like you were saying, the fact that you don't it's not a preference for you with persuasion. I get that. And I relate to that because I think when it comes to persuasion, this probably isn't as effective. You know, I, I can't really think of many times where I was deeply persuaded by somebody being really, by somebody really pushing me. But when, you know, when we were talking earlier about like getting people's buy-in, like if I feel like, I'm understood and won over, then that's when I'm persuaded. <laughs> so um, I, so I would think that this is useful if it's, if it's like you said, like if it's, um, you know, a matter of ethics, if it doesn't really matter if the person has buy-in, but if they will change their behavior, you know, like, so if it's, if so, if it's um, ethical, an ethical issue, or if it's like a, like a uh, issue of um, safety or something like that, then, you know, I, I would say use this one, but um, I, I don't think it's for me personally, I don't know. It, just because I don't think it works for me. <laughs> I don't think it would work if I used it on, on other people. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. And I think it also depends on what industry or field you're in, right? So, and, you know, with work wisdom, we, you know, we, we don't find ourselves being too assertive or, or needing to influence others with, with assertiveness. Um, however, if you're in, you know, if you're an activist or you're fighting for social justice, there's a lot of times where you need to be very assertive to, to influence the other side to change. Um, so depending on, on what industry or field you're in, that, that can, you know, determine, you know, when to use this tool a little bit more to influence others. Yeah, definitely. So sort of easing off the gas a little bit, the next one's negotiating. So you're not, you're not pushing uh, others too hard. You're, you're sort of dealing with them. So with negotiating, you make concessions. Um, uh, I was really low on this one too, actually, but I, you know, I couldn't think of any times where I could use it. And so with negotiating, where you, where you sort of deal with the other person, you make concessions with the other person. Are there any instances where, where you use this or have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. So I actually ranked very low in negotiating as well. <laughs> okay. um, but similar to rationalizing, it's something that I'm starting to see uh, myself having to use a little bit more. Okay. Um, but I feel like when it comes to influence, um, I think with negotiating, I feel like there's a little bit of give and take when I, you know, we'll get to bridging, but when I almost prefer this collaborative effort versus uh, let's let's take a little, let's give a little. Um, but, you know, like I said, in, in different fields and industries, negotiating is, is super important. So if you think, you know, going back to the government side of things, I, I think about, you know, maybe diplomats or, or um, ambassadors that go to different countries, you know, they have to negotiate in order to, to make sure that policy gets driven forward. So there, there are instances in that, in that sense where I feel like negotiating is very necessary. Okay. Yeah, I, that makes sense to me. Um, now the last two, these are ones that I'm more, these are the ones I like. So, um, in the inspiring style, the influencer uses a sense of shared mission and exciting possibilities to persuade her audience. You need to have, you know, really developed, uh, emotional intelligence here. Uh, as well. So to gauge and speak to what's important to others. You know, in my example, uh, in the introduction of the rabbi, I think he used inspiring style. When the Japanese council asked him why they should protect them from the Nazis, and why did the Nazis hate them so much anyway, he said very simply, because we are Asian like you. And then the council deliberated for a bit and they came back and they said, you don't have anything to fear we'll keep you safe. And they did. And that rabbi, he created a sense of sameness of, of shared culture and it worked. Uh, I love that story. I know that Jamie, you've heard that story before. It comes from Robert Cialdani's book, Persuasion. Interestingly, storytelling is also part of the inspiring style. I happen to score off the charts on inspiring. Uh, so you can see I have a high preference for that style. Um, what about you? Uh, how'd you score on this one? Yeah, the same here. Uh, it was my highest usage uh, <laughs> uh, tool when it came to influence. And I think it's, uh, I'm very future oriented. So when I think of how do I 
persuade others. I want them, you know, I use storytelling. I use this idea of imagining and envisioning what the future could potentially look like to get them excited, to get them motivated. And that to me is more exciting and allows people to, to, I guess is a more optimistic way of, <laughs> of doing it. Um, so that, that's my preference when it comes to, you know, one, being influenced and two, influencing others as well. Yeah, I think it's so much more exciting. I think it feels better. Um, it, it taps into people's values and it, you know, it taps into the human love of stories too. <laughs> you know, that's, stories are how we relate to each other. So I, I think inspiring is, it's obviously, you know, my highest preference. And um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that you scored high on that as well. So the last one is really closely related. This is bridging. And bridging reminds me of, and you mentioned this just a moment ago, when we talk about the Thomas Kilman instrument, the five ways to manage conflict, we, one of them is collaboration. So um, with collaboration, it takes time, it takes building trust and relationships, and it's very relatable to bridging. It's the same with this particular style. You, you want to, um, you need to take time building that trust in those relationships, hone your listening skills, building um, coalitions. So for this, uh, what's important about this one to you? Yeah, so I also ranked high in bridging as well when it came to influence. And I think the reason is when it comes to influence, I think there's short-term outcomes and then there's long-term outcomes. And uh, while the act of influence is good in both scenarios, uh, I think when it comes to influencing for the long-term, bridging and collaboration is going to allow you to continue to influence those people over time. So uh, when you have collaboration, it allows for uh, people to have buy-in, it allows people to give input, um, and also allows a shared success and shared progress, uh, rather, th rather it than it be one way. For example, in asserting, uh, you're probably, it's probably more one way rather than in a collaborative effort. So um, that's why for me, bridging is, is super important because I think more progress happens with more uh, people involved at the same time. So you're bringing the community along with you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So with all of these different styles, I'm curious your take on this. I mean, this is, like I said before, um, something that we offer this particular assessment. Why, why do you think it's helpful or beneficial for leaders to discern in themselves and in their teams what their preferences are? Yeah, so I think, you know, it's important as a leader to, to be influential and have influence um, just because it's at the end of the day, all leaders are problem solvers. <laughs> um, so in order to solve problems, uh, you need to be able to build a team around you and have the team help you solve these problems um, and being able to persuade them and influence them in a positive way and have positive impact is super important to solving those problems. Um, so I feel like understanding which tools you're strong with, what tools you aren't so strong with uh, is important and knowing what style you prefer is gonna allow you to, to influence others more effectively. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think that raising that awareness uh, makes such a, a difference, just knowing, okay, I lean heavily on these two, 
you know, and like we were talking in the beginning, sometimes maybe using rationalizing is important in a situation, maybe using um, negotiating is important. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you that that awareness is really key. And if I can add too, you know, when you think of, you know, leaders, CEOs, it's interesting to see where some of these uh, styles fall sometimes with different positions. So as I mentioned, CFOs and COOs might be more rationalizing. You can probably imagine that more CEOs are more inspiring and bridging, right? They tell this story, they, they drive the vision of the organization. So understanding what your style is can really help determine, you know, what is your value added to this team, you know, and, you know, how can you help influence uh, together with your, with your colleagues? Yeah, that's really good. That's a really good point. Jamie, I'm so grateful <laughs> to you for being part of this movement of helping world changers in the workplace uh, to enhance their individual and collective team performance. Thank you listeners for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and produ productions, ask questions, and give suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with a quote. There are two ways to influence human behavior. You can manipulate it or you can inspire it. That's Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm.